The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. On- Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Mike Zuzalo is joining us with Global Commodity Analytics. As we look at the markets and it's starting to wrap down, I mean, I know it's the 6th of December, but we're already talking about 2019 in these trades. And, and Mike, as we look at the lower trade we saw today, a little bit of a comeback, but a lot of discussion out there about what's going to happen come 2019 while reflecting back on 2018 with trade, policy, and tariffs. Yeah, and you know what, Susan, it hasn't gone away as far as um, finding out more information and feeling like you know more than you did back in the beginning of 2018, about a year ago, and at least that's how I kind of see it, and I I think this week's a great representation of it. Here we had, my Christmas gifts have already come. I got a Federal Reserve truce in terms of them possibly raising rates three times saying that there there's no set path for them at this point in 2019 that i think opens the door for more inflationary bias to build and inflationary expectations to grow again uh, instead of the market worry that the the fed's going to stomp on any kind of recovery or not let inflation get even above two percent the second present i got was the trump truce and that was this past weekend at the g20 but I think the market is wondering whether it's really a truce. The market doesn't think so, I don't think, because of the way we've had the price action since last Friday's close. And I think just from the standpoint of the fact that the hogs, which are down, and I was shocked to see this before we went on the air, the the hogs are down almost 6% versus Friday's close. And between the African swine fever, which I'm up to four cases that are brand new in the last two days, and the, the President Trump truce at the G20, um, this says something about the market. The market doesn't buy the idea that we're in a truce. And the latest news that um, we have taken um, uh, custody of the chief financial officer of one of China's largest companies uh, through the help of the Canadians, and China is now based upon a Financial Times uh, headline, an article that just came out a few minutes ago. They're demanding the release of that CFO held by the United States. In other words, the truce, as far as practicality and following up with either Chinese demand or rhetoric, uh, it's just not been there. So I think this is where, going into 2019, I think 2018's taught us two things. Trump is an economic rough rider. Uh, Last year, I, I made the analogy that he is a lot like Teddy Roosevelt. I think he's very much like Teddy Roosevelt in terms of being kind of a rough rider economically if his foreign policy goals are not met. And clearly, with North Korea and with our trade, they're not being met. So I think this is where we are still in the thick of it, and it still makes us very susceptible to sharp moves down um, and, and with one eye on the U.S. dollar. Isn't it though somewhat frustrating, though, Mike, because, I mean, we didn't hear nothing but a quick blip from the president when he was on Air Force One talking about the G20 summit. He said he was going to hold off till after the National Day morning, which was yesterday. Unless I've missed it, I haven't seen much of him tweeting yet and talking about the G20 summit. It makes me wonder, does he and the president of China have some sort of agreement that they'll release stuff at a certain time down the road? I think that's an excellent point. I think there's one hole in the whole bucket, and that is him tweeting out, I'm a tariff man. That shocked me. I Mm -hmm. think it shocked the rest of the market as far as an analytical mindset is that why would you be saying you're a tariff man 
unless you were putting China back on notice, they weren't meeting your needs. And I think having said that, Susan, I really want to see whether we get um, the, the USDA report next Tuesday showing a supply cut due to all the unharvested bushels of soybeans uh, left in the United States. And even sooner than that, will the market see weekly export sales tomorrow, which have been delayed a day because of uh, President H.W. Bush's uh, funeral, uh, will they see a big change and, and uh, see not only export sales, but maybe even the Chinese uh, offering to purchase fresh U.S. agricultural products. So I don't think the music is quite written all the way to the end. I think tomorrow is a big day, and I think then again next Tuesday is going to be a big day as well. I've got clients in Ohio, Indiana, Kansas, all telling me in certain areas that they've got as much as 20% of their beans still out in the fields and pretty unlikely they're going to get much out at this point. There's a lot of market weight still sitting in those fields at this point. There is, and I think the other thing that is is very key to the market, and this is something that we really have to keep a close eye on, because, again, it could come as soon as the end of this week, because Secretary of Agriculture Purdue talked about a week ago on Friday in Chicago, said a lot of things um, that, that, uh, you know, or excuse me, I guess it was Monday, said a lot of things that, you know, really kind of made you scratch your head. One of the things he talked about was we may be coming up with an idea at the end of this week whether we're going to do that second uh, portion of the soybean amount of 78 to 80 cents. This is going to play heavily on whether producers sell or not here in the short term. If they don't get that 78 cents, they're probably going to hold tight. Is there going to be, with this report next Tuesday, how much of a wait do you think that's going to take, and what type of marketing thoughts do we need to put into place as we wrap up this week going into this report next Tuesday when it comes to marketing our product? Yeah, I think what I've told clients and subscribers is if I don't get a good report tomorrow from the U.S. export sales and we don't get any notifications by the end of the week from China specifically, as long as the dollar is weaker, I think, and it has been, that's one of the bright spots since the Trump truce this past weekend is the dollar's gone down and the Chinese yuan has gone up quite a bit, as a matter of fact. Um, Those two things, I think, help soften the blow for me in the longer term. Uh, If I do see an issue present itself before Tuesday's report, I will, I think, almost certainly do paper positions if I have to do any hedging of corn and beans, because I won't want that hedging position in for maybe more than 30 days, because I do still think there's probably a weather market out there in South America brewing, at least a a bump of some sort because of weather, so I want to be ready for that as well. Very much so. We'll stick around, folks. We do have more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up. want to get your thoughts, uh, Mike, when we come back about this Asian market, because we did see a drop in their their trade because of all these discussions that have been going on between the two presidents. We'll take a look at the livestock side as well of how they're being affected. And I wanted to also, we'll focus a little bit on that African swine fever. A lot of folks like you, I'm sure yourself, are also questioning some of those numbers. The more coming up is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, and we are being joined by Mike Zuzalo with Global Commodity Analytics. It seems like even in the last nine months, Mike, we really have taken a focus of what's been happening in our backyard to what's been happening globally and how it's affecting us here in the United States. And I had seen an article just um, today talking about the Asian markets and the reactions that they're having waiting for their information to come either from either one of the presidents at this point. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that we have experienced, uh, I've experienced uh, specifically um, in my line of work is is that I had one uh, very good 
source that uh, was from China and uh, had been talking to them uh, through my uh, colleagues in Chicago and, and directly going back and forth with him uh, for quite some time. And uh, the past few months, we just uh, and I have just not been able to hook up with that person. I think you're getting a lot more um, closed door policy uh, in the uh, in in the uh, Chinese uh, political spectrum, especially when it comes to agriculture. This shouldn't surprise us because the African swine fever is such a virulent disease uh, that and, and pork is such a major feature to their overall food basket. Uh, of goods in China that it literally moves the overall consumer price infla- inflation index in that country very very easily Susan so I think this is a, a very serious developing story I spoke to clients and subscribers today on my audio commentary and, and remarked and, and said this break in the hogs that we're seeing right now this six percent break since we've seen Friday uh, is probably the best opportunity we're going to have to position ourselves for a summer rally in case this uh, seasonal and this uh, African swine fever come together and we find a peak in domestic hog production by the summertime and we also find the Chinese needing pork. The other side of this is is that you can't easily replace these live animals and this is where the soybeans come into play. Uh, If you get um, the ability to replace live animals that have had African swine fever, you could make the theoretical argument that the soy meal in that live hog that you have to cull Uh, is lost supply and you're going to have to repopulate and you're going to add more demand on top for soy meal and other feed well that's if you have the animals and unfortunately we've got Europe and China both Eastern Europe and Central Europe their hogs, their wild boars all have, those areas all have African swine fever simply put I think it's going to be hard to repopulate in China, it's going to take longer time so therefore I think the soy meal demand is going to be steady to even lower uh, as we go into the first half of 2019 but your comments are going to what you're talking about with China and getting clear information, it's going to make it a lot more difficult, one thing I'm doing to offset that is keep a closer eye on South America, the bigger their crop is the less likely China uh, coming in and buying more of our soybeans matters because they'll play the United States and Brazil against one another. Before we jump over and look at the livestock, I know that Australia did confirm their smallest wheat crop in a decade. How's that going to affect us? I am putting in my analysis for 2019 that this is going to be a worldwide issue. And uh, the Kansas Wheat Associates just came out, I believe it was yesterday, as a matter of fact, and spoke directly about how uh, Kansas and uh, Acres are going to be where they were uh, about 7.7 million last year. We will probably hit a 100-year low in this state because it was just too wet. I spoke with a client in uh, southern central Indiana uh, in the heart of the soft red wheat belt today. They got a little next to no field work done in the fall, and I think their acres are going to suffer as well. I think the lower area is going to be worldwide, not just in the United States and not just in uh, Canada. The, the problem becomes is we've been dropping an area uh, for several years now. We've actually had declining area um, in, 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 in respect to the 2009 high in terms of world wheat uh, per areas. Um, it's been declining since then, essentially, but the production has still been going higher. It really is based upon the yield at this point because the varieties, the hybrids, are getting better and better. On the livestock front, Akena, we talked a little bit about the hogs here just a bit ago, but some triple-digit losses that continue to happen here in the States. Is this going to be the trend for the rest of the week? I think it could be. I think what we're going to have to wait and see 
is for is USDA's Tuesday report. You know, the WASDE people do a very good job of updating meat statistics as much as they do grain statistics nowadays. And they've even added some columns of exports and imports and per capita consumption when it comes to the pork and beef and poultry. So that's what I'm going to be looking at very closely is do we have any hint that the weekly export sales tomorrow shows another Chinese purchases of pork, purchase of pork like we saw last week. And then does that funnel into a trend where the USDA on their Tuesday report says, okay, we've got reason to believe that not only the Chinese committed to new, more pork from Brazil, which they talked about this week doing more business with Brazil on pork and more of their Iberian hams in Spain, but now also we're going to get more here in the United States. I think there's a couple dominoes that are going to fall here in the next couple weeks. Some great things to think about. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Mike? Well, the best way as far as uh, getting as much information as you can is just sign up on the website, uh, globalanalytics.biz, for the audio, the video, and uh, the digital information along with emails. Two-week trial for free. Otherwise, if you don't work on the Internet and don't get a very good broadband speed, call me toll-free, 866-471-2588. Be happy to talk to you about your individual needs. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.